0: Thank you for listening to TMA's Practice Well podcast. TMA helping you improve the health of all Texans. A patient comes in with complaints of a urinary tract infection. A urinalysis warranted, so you do the test, and it's positive. So you treat the patient and go on to the next. Seems so simple, right? Hi, my name is Cara Benson. I am the Practice Management and Reimbursement Manager for Texas Medical Association. I am here to tell you what makes this scenario I just gave you not so simple. Under the Clinical Laboratory Improvement Amendment of 1988, CLIA for short, All laboratories must be certified before they perform testing on human specimens. So you may be thinking, but I only do a simple urinalysis. All other specimens are sent out. When a human specimen is analyzed for the purpose of a diagnosis, prevention, treatment of disease, or assessment of health, the CLIA is required. All laboratories, regardless of the number of tests performed, whether the tests are charged for, and even if they are documented in the medical record, require a CLIA. Just like with everything else, there are exceptions to the rule. Those testing for forensic purposes and research are exempt. Before I get into the type of CLIA certificate, you may need, let's first go over how you obtain it and what documentation is required. Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services is the enforcing agency, and you will find the form on their CLIA website or our local state agency, the Texas Department of State Health Services. Documents required to be submitted with the application include... Director's credentials, list of tests, verification of state license, documentation of qualifications, including education, credentials, and laboratory experience. The application you are looking for is referred to as CMS-116. This is the same form you will need to make changes, such as Director- Ownership and certificate level. Now, what type of certification do you need? Well, it all depends on whether you are performing waived or non-waived tests. Wave tests are simple with low complexity, non-waived are your medium to highly complex. An example of waived: you guessed it, your, your analysis including your simple dipstick CPT-81002. Non-waived includes HIV tests, such as CPT-86703. There are five types of CLIA certificates. Regardless of the type, you are required to renew every two years. The first one is your certificate of waiver. The type of certificate is for waived tests only. The requirements you must meet include performing tests that are cleared by FDA for home use. You have simple methodologies in place, so the likelihood of erroneous results is minimal to none. And the tests pose no risk of harm to the patient if done incorrectly. You are also required to follow the test manufacturer's instructions. To further clarify, you must follow storage, handling of kits, temperature, quality control, and specimen collection. This is not an all-inclusive list. Inspections are possible, but note, The CMS is only inspecting 2% of all waived laboratories. Waived labs are the most common. More examples of waived tests include glucose, fecal occult blood, non-automated, and hemoglobin. Next is the Certificate of Provider Performed Microscopy, also known as as the PPM. These tests must be performed by a physician or non-physician practitioner. Microscopes are the main type of instrument used and the tests are of moderate complexity. The specimens are viable and may easily be compromised if there is a delay in performing the tests. You must limit the handling and processing of them as well. These types of labs are not typically inspected. In addition to wave tests, examples may include pinworm, urine sediment, or fecal leukocyte examinations. Now, laboratories that want to go beyond wave tests and PPM procedures must obtain a certificate of registration. This will allow you to perform moderate complexity tests outside of what is included under PPM, in addition to high complexity tests, until the laboratory is inspected for compliance. Once you have been inspected and found to be in compliance, you are granted the fourth type of certificate, the certificate of compliance. This allows you to perform non-waived tests of moderate to high complexity in addition to waived and provider-performed microscopy tests. Lastly, the certificate of accreditation. This is issued to laboratories by an accredited organization approved by CMS it has enrolled with. An example of such organization is COLA, the Laboratory Accreditation Program Bureau. This certificate allows you to perform non-waived tests of moderate to high-complexity in addition to waived and provider-performed microscopy. Now, I've gone over the basic requirements for obtaining the CLIA certification, but what happens if you don't follow the requirements? Center for Medicare and Medicaid Services may impose one or more sanctions. The principal sanction can include suspension, limitation, revocation of any type of CLIA certification. CMS can impose one or more alternative sanctions as well. This includes a directed plan of correction, on-site monitoring, or even civil monetary penalty. There could also be a civil suit or criminal sanctions. Now, I mentioned earlier that CLIA's certificates are enforced by CMS. So how does that affect your payment? Well, you could have cancellation of approval to receive Medicare funds or suspension of payment for tests in a specific specialty, your subspecialty, or you can have suspension of payment for all tests in all specialties and subspecialties performed on the effective date of the sanction. CMS will provide a letter that contains the details for non-compliance and the proposed sanction. It will contain the condition level of non-compliance, sanction or sanctions that CMS proposes, the rationale, a projected effective date, and duration and the authority for the proposed sanction and time allowed to respond to the notice. The time allowed is at least 10 days within which you must submit evidence or other information that provides support of why you should not be sanctioned. If there is notice of an immediate threat, then CMS will only notify you within five days. If there is no immediate threat, then they will notify you within 15 days. Before I go, I want to provide a few tips. First, do not assume medical necessity can be determined by everyone that reviews the medical record. Notate the results in the medical record, along with a copy of the results. Create and maintain a provider manual that includes at least the requirements for patient preparation of slides, control procedures, corrective actions, reference intervals, and life threatening test results. When billing specifically for waived tests, make sure that the QW modifier is appended when it is required. The easiest way to tell is by referring to CMS document titled Test Granted Waived Status under CLIA. Lastly, if you are not sure about where the test falls on the complexity scale? The Food and Drug Administration has a database of tests categorized by Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. Thank you for joining me for a brief overview of CLIA requirements, including the types of certifications and where to obtain an application. For a more comprehensive guide, you may refer to the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, the CDC, or Centers for Medicare or Medicaid Services, CMS. Or you may also contact us at 1-800-880-1414. To receive more helpful tips, like today's episode, like and follow this podcast. Until next time, stay well.